Welcome back to the Double Minor Podcast. Ryan Drury and Brock Beyer here, and we're joined by a special guest, our first ever guest on this show. The tech issues are out of the way, and we've got Chris Clark on the line, man. Chris, what's up, buddy? First ever? Yeah, man, you're the first, first ever. ever guest on the show, bud. First, first ever. ever. You should feel, wow. yeah, you should well, feel pretty fucking lucky. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very honored. And I, I particularly like Brock's microphone. So let's just let's get right into this. <laughs> just the worst microphone of all time, the poor fucking guy. All right. Well, fuck, it does a job. It does a job. It does the job. Yeah, exactly. It's it does a way better job than Clarky does at stopping pucks, which is something yeah. you're good at, actually. So there you go. Hey, I, so, uh, I had my first game, uh, league game on Monday. Okay. Uh, I'm the league, and I had my first game, and I, I was on fire. First game out. Um, we're winning two nothing. We gotta, well, hold, we on, gotta, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You what? were on fire, or was your body on fire? Those are two different things. I was on fire. I was stopping <laughs> everything. Anyway, oh, anyway we were up two nothing halfway through the game. We get a power play, and one of the boneheads on my team decides, "Oh, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna be like William Nylander, just like spin around in my own zone about four times." Sure, gets gets the puck strip. They score two to one. Then we go up three to one. Everything's fine with them. about two minutes left. We get a penalty. They pull the goalie, go six on four, and they score to make it three to two with a minute and a half left. They immediately get possession off the draw and uh, pull the goalie again and come down and tie it up with 30 seconds left and then score on a breakaway in overtime to win the game. So there you go. Well, I mean, as long that as sounds a good... lot like the goalie's yeah. fault. Yeah. No. I mean, Not if you went to goal line goalie training for a fucking couple lessons and you wouldn't have any issues, but. <laughs> We were, hey, we work on shootouts and penalty shots and breakaways, just all, all everything. You name it, we work so, on it. So it was three on three in overtime, and quite frankly, I was now hot. Like, as in, I was uh-huh. done. You were done. You and just wanted a couple cold were, brewskis like, in the dresser. My legs and I couldn't do a thing. And... Oh, fuck. Well, Clark, you kind of started us off there. Uh, me and uh, Drews, we kind of we got into the whole NHL uh, episode whole thing in the end uh but you know we're gonna get into it right now and you mentioned a name william nylander i haven't heard of that guy in months and honestly i think that's really good for him like personally as a player you know he was under the spotlight a lot last year a ton with that new contract um but i think you know everyone wanted him to get traded but he's been so underneath the radar doing his own thing i think that's really gonna help him this year so guys, I'm sorry, but you totally cut out there. I didn't hear the question. Just like I, I didn't get it. You, the, your technology just isn't up to standards here. Clark, <laughs> Clarky's having an issue with our tech. Basically, can you hear me now, Clarky? I can. Yes. Okay. Brock, you have pants on, right? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, shorts, Clarky. Like shorts. I'm just chilling. It looks like you don't. Our, uh, my fucking co-host yeah my co-host is like posing for sports illustrated like swimsuit model over here while we're trying to interview the guest basically the question was yeah william nylander's been really under the radar so far no one's really talking about him and that could be definitely beneficial for him as a big leaf fan what do you think of that clarky uh so apparently he had a good game weekend i didn't actually see the game i was busy and i didn't see the game. I, I i you know what he's a good hockey player he, yeah not scoring goals this 
get paid to score goals. He's got to score goals. Um, yeah, I mean, like he he can't be what I feel Kessel's going to do this year and score 15 goals. He's got to get 30 goals. Um, you know, with uh, Austin line because uh, Austin could get 50. He's going to get 50 this year. Um, that's another prediction of mine. But uh, Nylander, a frustration. But you know every time he goes down the ice, he's going to go, he's going to fly down that right wing, and about 10 feet in, he's going to stop and loop. It's the same every time. Every time. Once in a while, I like to see him just drive to the net, and then, he, you know, the opposition won't uh, know exactly what he's doing all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. But um, he just had so much spotlight on so many expectations signing that new contract. Still, bizarre contract in my mind, to be honest. Well, that's... I, think, I, I think he's way overpaid. Way overpaid. And, well, you know... And now... Ten goals or seven goals, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. Yeah. But now, now we got Thomas Shabbat signing for... How much was that? Okay. Shabbat got eight. Shabbat got eight million over eight years. I actually think that's like good value. Like Very for the good. first time in yeah. like months, positive news for the Senators, really, in my opinion. But I mean, like, I don't know. Like if he keeps putting up 60 plus point seasons and, you know, becomes the Eric Carlson replacement, I think that that ends up being a good deal. I want to dig into something with Clarky though here. And for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with Clarky. He's had a pretty interesting career here in the broadcasting world. You actually, you know, worked for Fan 590 for a long time prior to the Sportsnet days. And you actually worked with Bob McCown for quite a while, Clarky. Tell us some stories about working for the Bobcat. <laughs> um, well, Bob was uh, many times the same on air as he was off the air. Um, he was combative. He was, um, he, he was sure of himself. He, he knew what he wanted and, uh, he would always tell me what he wanted, uh, in not so certain terms, but, um, <laughs> literally like he, he would come on, he would, he would be on the air four to seven and he would literally show up at four Oh four as the sports was wrapping up. And I'm not joking one little bit. Like there was times where the music was rolling and there was no sign of Bob. Right. Well, I, and, yeah, uh, I, it, and they did the radio, but they also did, like, they also showed it on TV. And I remember, like, I'd get home, whatever, doesn't matter. But I'd flip it on, and the, the music would be playing, but there's no one in the studio. And then, <laughs> right. and, then so, he'd, and then he'd slowly but surely come in, sit down, take the headphones, and it's go time. But, yeah, yeah well, he, he – yeah. For sure. So, and, and believe me, Brock, when I say when I produced him, he was not on TV. Um, this was like 10 years before he was on TV. But things never changed with Bob. Never, ever, ever changed. That was just the way he was. So there wouldn't even be contact throughout the day with Bob. I would just have to – I always knew what Bob liked to do, right? I knew, I knew the stories he liked to cover. It was basically having to read his mind, right? I had to read his mind every day because um, he didn't want me to talk to him. Like, he didn't want me to call him. He didn't like – he. He would come in the studio at 4.04, I would give him the lineup, and he would go on like he was so prepared for everything, it was scary. That's one thing I give Bob. Like He knows how to interview. He knows how to listen to a subject. He doesn't want to do a lot of prep because a lot of times with, with, uh, with radio talk show hosts or TV talk show hosts for that matter, you can know too much. And by knowing right. too much, your audience is getting gypped because – you should have the subject telling the story, 
not the host telling the stories, right? So if you know too much about something, you can, you know, get into this long questions, which Bob doesn't ask long questions, nice short questions, um, and learning about the subject as he's on the air. And, you know, Larry King does it. I think he did it the best. You guys remember Larry King from CNN? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was brilliant at doing it, and Bob was the same. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, Sportsnet, in their wisdom, just decided that that was it. He's gone. So, yeah, got- and, you know, we, we, me, and, me and Ryan were talking about that before the show. Now Tim and Sid yeah. are gone. Like, what, what are your thoughts on that there, Clarky? Well, it, it's tough to put a TV show on the radio. It's a lot easier putting a radio show on TV. And what I mean by that is yeah. Tim and Sid use a lot of graphics. They use a lot of uh, props. They use a lot of things that on TV you get. Let's see how they translate to radio. They're going to start, I think, on the radio on October 14th or whatever. They're, they're using Thanksgiving Monday as their first day on the radio. I mean, I just don't understand a lot of the things that the fan has done in the last three years. Um, and Ryan will probably chuckle when I say that because he, he knows uh, why I'm saying that. But there's been like Greg Brady's been fired twice by the same program director in the last two years. Like, I don't understand some of the things that have gone on with that radio station. Uh, is it bitterness? Sure, because I would have loved to have been working there and, and running the place. But um, I don't understand what's going on. I think TSN radio right now in all day parts is miles ahead of the fan. I never put the fan on anymore. I honestly don't. I don't no. put it on. No. Uh, I think, you know, Carlo Koliakovo in the morning um, is a great find for TSN radio. Landsberg is good at uh, getting the most out of Carlo. Um, I'm not a huge Matt Cause fan, but when you compare him, well, now t- uh, the fan afternoon, like from two till five, is going to be the highest paid two to five show in the history of radio. They have Jeff Blair, they have Stephen Brunt, they have Richard Deitch on from two to five in the afternoon when the audiences aren't very big, which is unbelievable to me. And, um, and like Clarky, aren't they like they're doing? They've shuffled Scotty Mack around too because he left TSN. Was yep. supposed to be like their big Jays insider. Now yep. he's taking over a, a big chunk of time as well um, with Ashley well, Docker and Mike Zigamanis. Yeah, I, I, you know, I have no idea what Mike Zigamanis is going to bring to them. I'll, I'll. Find I haven't out. listened to him. I, I, I don't know I don't, either. Is even on now? I have no idea. No um, clue. Um, and then you know, and then from five to seven, Tim and Sid will be on. So, uh, you know what? Everything it seems that TSN does in my mind is works and everything that Sportsnet TV or radio doesn't work. And I don't know what it is. I don't know how they're ever going to get over that hurdle. But hey, you know what? I, I heard the other day that they haven't even had their production meeting this year for NHL hockey. We're a week away from the season. That's they, nuts. Right? We're How's less than a week. Possible? We're probably – yeah, we're less than – yeah. We're less than a week. We're you literally know? less than a week. It's next Wednesday puck drop for the Leafs and yep. Sens. Yeah, I work. You guys are what? scared, man. You That's what I heard. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that Tuesday night that uh, they haven't had a production meeting yet. So, anyway, I you know I, I worked at Leafs TV for 14 years, and we always had our production meetings the last week of August. That's when we had our production meetings to talk about what we're doing for the season and everything else. They haven't like they maybe they've just fired so many people. <laughs> no one knew to yeah, do. No I don't one else. I don't. No one else. I don't know. And I don't know me and Drew, we kind of talked about that. How uh, you have the statistic? Was it eleven 
point. What was it? How much did Sportsnet pay for the NHL network or for it was, all their it was, teams? Oh, billion little, something. Yeah. Wasn't it like $2.2 billion for 12 years? It, I, it I believe that's what it was. For sure, yeah. And, and yeah. now they have no money to pay for the guys that people want to actually listen to and see on TV plus the radio. Or the, or the people behind the scenes to do all the work. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the, that, from your perspective, Clarky, that's probably the biggest thing, right? Being uh, the great producer that you've been for so many fucking years. And, and I mean, you mentioned Leafs TV there, too. Uh, you, correct me if I'm wrong, you helped launch Leafs TV with John Shannon, didn't you? Yeah, so not only did I help launch Leafs TV, I helped launch the fan. I was at the Holy fan. Fuck. That's amazing. I, I was at the fan. I started at CJCL Radio, which it's still actually CJCL Radio. That's the official yeah. letters of the station. But I started there in, ni- in uh, 1987, before you guys were even born. Probably. <laughs> uh, Shit. And, Way so to put it into perspective there, Clarky. Seven. I started there. We didn't turn the flip on to the fan until 1992. So I worked there for five years before they even turned into the fan. Uh, there was a lot of sports programming on the air. They had the rights for the Jays and the Leafs on the radio. Um, and, and I was involved with sports, but it wasn't the fan until 1992. We launched the fan. Uh, it's actually coming up. I have the anniversary in my phone. It's like the first week of October or something in 1992. Um, and then the Blue Jays went on and won the next two World Series. So it was great timing. And the and the Leafs, of course, in 92, 93 had that incredible run. And if it yeah. wasn't... Fraser and his in his blindness, they would have won the cup. <laughs> yeah, I that that's something that we always kind of pick on you about, Clarky. But I mean, it, in in working there and then helping launch something which is still, I I would say, an iconic brand in Leafs TV. Uh, really, one of the first teams in the league to really make a, a concerted effort in having twenty four hour programming around the team. Like I think that you guys were really kind of on the ground floor of that um, other than maybe Montreal where they've got like three different channels dedicated to the team. Now um, you guys were really on the ground floor of that. Like, what was that like to kind of be like, fuck, yeah. like we're setting a trend here. Yeah. So you mentioned it was uh, John Shannon. John was running the show. No question about it. Um, he actually was in my office at the fan. Um, the day the fax came over, it was a fax. Uh, announcing that the Leafs and Raptors were getting their own TV stations. I saw it come over the fax, and he was sitting in my office. I'll never forget the day. He was sitting in my office. I printed it off, and I gave it to him, and he read it, and he's like, holy. And I go, are you going to go? Because he had just got fired from Hockey Night in Canada, like, I don't know, four months earlier. And I go, are you going to go? Are you going to run this place? And he goes, I don't know. If I go, will you come with me? I go, yep. And that's where it started. And, wow. Uh, so it was neat. But we did a lot of programming back then. Like, Like the network was full of – shows um that actually people wanted to watch now it's just you know there's not a lot of original programming on that station it's just I, agree. I agree yeah 100 and you know what it's no one to blame with that it's tsn and and sportsnet said no no we don't want you competing with us when they bought the channel when they bought the leafs right bell and rogers they actually wanted to kill leafs tv quite frankly um i was told in no uncertain terms by uh tim lywicky that they were going to try to shut down leafs tv but larry tannenbaum it was his it was his baby he was the guy who worked hard to launch the station he was behind the station he was a firm believer of the station and if it wasn't for larry tannenbaum the station would be off the air by now um so they just didn't want any competition from from leafs tv for 
We used to do games. We did live games. Like we did. Like, yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I put the uh, the intermissions for those games, and it was like it was cool doing that. But um, yeah, so we had lots of shows. Like I mean, we had a reporter show before TSN had a reporter show. We did that Sunday mornings. It was called Leaf uh, Leaf Reporters or whatever it was called. Um, but we did you know uh, shows on former Leafs and future mm -hmm. Leafs kids shows and we did saturday's heroes which was a sh uh we bring kids teams down to the air canada or yeah the air canada center and they would play uh, a game at one o'clock every saturday afternoon and we broadcast it like it was hockey night in canada live on leafs tv i did the play-by-play -play. jen millard uh darren millard's wife was our uh, host of the show and my color commentator the first few years was sam cosentino Sure, you guys. And, that's and amazing. C CHL legend. That's right. And then after that, Todd Crocker. And Todd is now the voice of the Toronto Marlies for the last seven years. I actually brought Todd up on to be the voice of the Marlies. Uh, it was supposed to be a one year gig. That was like eight years ago. And he's still going. So there you go. Well, I remember growing up as a kid, if I wasn't allowed to stay up too late watch a Leafs game, I'd always wake up every morning and watch Leafs and 30 on Leafs TV. Oh, yeah. Leafs it was and the 30. best. It, it was, was actually, all, I don't, I don't it's all goals you, and power plays. I don't correct you, but it was called Game in an Hour. It was right. oh, 60 minutes. Yes, Game in an Hour. Actually game 60 in an hour. minutes. And it was called yeah. Game in an Hour. Yeah. Game we, in uh, an Hour. Yeah, we did that. Um, we... There was the plan, I think, all along to make it like MSG, right? Like Madison Square Garden Network to have a lot of games. And we were definitely working towards having a lot, a lot of games until until the takeover from Bell and Rogers. And then that just squashed everything. So Yeah, because like I remember you telling me like, yeah, you guys wanted to have a format similar to what like the Yes Network is now. That yeah, that's has Yankees, Sabres, the Mets, they, like they have everything. And um, I, I don't know, like I feel like it was kind of like unfortunate that that wasn't able to happen because as much as I like the coverage from the big networks, like I feel, I feel for, and I'm not even a Leaf fan, but I feel like for other people in the region, like a, a little chunk of their fandom kind of died with the channel being shoved under the rug a little bit. Would you agree with that? Did Clarky freeze up on us? I think he might have. Yeah, that was a play where Leaf fans could... Oh, it's up, Clarky. Oh, can you hear me? He's back. He's yeah, back. We're back. back. We're back. He, fro yeah, he back. froze up on us. So I didn't, I, I didn't hear all your question, but I was about Leaf fans being a little... A little uh, uh, jilted from all the all the lack of content on the network. Yeah, um, yeah. no question about it. it where the Leaf fans would go, and they would know that anytime they put it on, it was entertaining programming. Now it's just games, you know, like it's just you know either uh, uh, really old games or you know it, it doesn't. I don't even have the channel anymore. Yeah, I I got rid of my subscription doing live post games. I thought if you can't even do a live pre and post game show on a Leafs work, what do you have in the channel? Well, unfortunately, yeah. I just didn't see value in it. Um, I would love to say I go to the website and and get all my Leaf information there, but I can't even do that now. Yeah, that's true. The website is definitely a bit of a problem. We've we've discussed that many times. There are other things that you were able to do while you were there. I mean, like you got to cover the draft every year, which is like, you know, a, a really big fucking deal. I want you to tell the story 
about when you guys, I don't think this was related to the draft, but you guys all flew down to Philadelphia for a playoff game. Yeah. Tell, tell that story. You you had a bit of a, an interesting interaction with some people in Philly. Oh, well, fuck. You're built. I want to hear this now, Clarky. Yeah, well, so if, if, if uh, Aussie teams made it to the round of the playoffs, they would charter down with employees. So it was sort of a perk to working there, right? So they would send an email out saying, okay, next uh, game is game one in Philadelphia or game three, whatever it was, and who can go? So like whoever would respond saying they could go, would they would try to accommodate people. So I can't remember if they had home ice advantage, if it was game one or game three. But anyway, um, the first group that went down, I wasn't part of. And all emails about the first group going down were, hey, make sure you wear your blue and white. Make sure you cheer for the Leafs. They need your support down there and, uh, and all that kind of thing. Well, not only did the Leafs lose that game, but um, there was a few incidents where that, really thought they were going to get hurt badly by the Philly fans. So I go and I got on that one. And then the email came out and said, wear neutral colors. Uh, be careful about cheering too loud. for the <laughs> don't, don't go into the washroom by yourself. Like go with group of people. Uh, oh my God. Like people. Jersey on Philly fans would surround them and not let them out of their circle and like abuse them. And like, I don't think there was any physical violence, but like name calling and like, just like ridiculing people. It was not fun. I had a friend who went to a Philly game once and uh, just a regular season game. And he said he was like, just harassed the whole game and said something to the, uh, the ushers and the ushers just turned a blind eye to it. It was really awful. Um, now the game I went to was actually an afternoon game. And uh, it was one of the worst flights I've ever had. It was a, the hardest landing. I thought like the belly of the plane hit the runway. There was a lot of wind. <laughs> I'm serious. Like there was a lot of wind and uh, we didn't even know if we were going to land. And they, we circled around for probably half an hour. And uh, we're all wondering like, are we ever going to get to this game? Right. It was like a two o'clock game or one o'clock game. And uh, finally the pilot came on and said, okay, we're going to give this a shot. And I'm like, whoa, what a shot. We're gonna oh, shit. Down went. Um, there was a guy on board the plane who travels all the time, and he said by far the worst landing he's ever had. Anyway, we get to the game. Uh, Brian McCabe uh, went and gave the puck away like three times in the first period. It's like three nothing after the first. They lose like six to nothing or six to one. It was an awful, awful game, uh, but it was kind of fun to go. Uh, the year before that, I think it was Carolina that we went to, and that was a fun game to go to as well. Um, but there was a um, like it was in and out the same day, right? So the Carolina game, for instance, we went and it was a close game. And like near the end of the game, they said, by the way, if it goes to overtime, we got to leave because we got to catch the flight back. I'm Aww. like, Are you me? now, as it turned out, it didn't go into overtime. It didn't matter. But um, but so the neat perks um, for sure. Like, oh, you know, when the Raptors won the championship in Golden State and you saw those Leaf uh, Raptor fans in the stands, like a lot of them were employees. Right. Yeah. A lot yeah. of them were employees that were flown down to go to the game so it's it's a neat perk that mlse gives their uh, staff if the teams make it to the second round or further so it's fun but yeah don't go to philadelphia wearing the opposition colors 
No, I think that's like a well-known thing. I mean, like last Christmas, my cousin, who's a Boston fan, was like, we're going to do a road trip and go to all these cities and, and watch the Bruins. And uh, he's like, yeah, we're going to go to Philly and Pittsburgh. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, you're going to go to Philly? I was like, don't wear any of your stuff. And he was like, oh, why not? I was like, are you out of your mind? I was like, I, <laughs> like you're going to get sent you're gonna get sent back in a body bag. Like, those people are fucking nuts. They threw batteries at Santa Claus. Like, they're crazy down there, man. The Philly yeah, people, like, they're nuts. Did you ever see uh, – so Wayne Simmons – how long did Wayne Simmons play in Philly for? Like, six or seven years. Six or seven years, and Philly fans loved him. And oh, yeah. He took a how-you-doing contract with the New Jersey Devils for one year, five mil, not too shabby. But And then he said to the reporters that he hopes Philly fans boo him when he comes back. Oh, I love that. That's yeah, so yeah. funny, man. <laughs> yeah, Simmer's a good player. I'm sure he'll do he well. Is. He is. Yeah. Um, Clarky, I know that um, another thing that you another thing that you got to do was attend a lot of alumni events with like all the great Leafs, man. Like you've rubbed shoulders with Wendell Clark and and Sundin and all those guys, Curtis Joseph. And speaking of Cujo in particular, you, I remember you telling me a story where you guys had a show on Leafs TV. And you were trying to like get Cujo to be a host on it, and like he he just ghosted you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we tried. Um, I I got to know Cujo a little bit working there, and uh, my boss kept trying to reach out to him, and he wouldn't return any of my boss's calls or emails or anything. So I said, well, let me reach out to him. And he like, got back to me right away, and we talked about it. And he actually came in for a meeting. He sat in. He gave us some great. Um, in- about what he could add to the games like we actually watched a little bit of a game with him and he, we asked him to give us like a little commentary and like you know even like he was pointing out like this guy has this, this guy's stick is the wrong lie like this guy in front of the net right now can't get his stick on the puck because it's a wrong lie like he was like that in depth with things so it was kind of neat um but then we said okay we want you to come in the studio um and sit and watch a show um, he goes, yeah, no, no, no problem. Okay. I said, okay, well be here at six o'clock game, you know, or maybe even earlier. I said, be here at like five, five thirty. pregame show starts at six. You can watch the show and then hopefully next week we'll get you on. You go, okay, great. Never heard from him again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. So Clarky, obviously your resume is pretty big. I want to know who was the biggest, the biggest douchebag, douchebag out there. And I like was he was he a dick or just was he mind his own business? Like who was a douchebag and who was the best guy on throughout your whole Leafs career on the team? Just the worst time for because there's no doubt who it is. There we go. Okay. There we go. Okay, you're back. You're back. You're back. So what I what I was asking is I want to I don't to go hockey i want to go because there's no question about who the biggest douchebag was in my mind um but it's not hockey related it was my time at the fan i was producing jay's talk so mccown and i would do primetime sports before the game and then we would hang out throughout the game and mccown hosted and i produced his talk and on weekends we would we did the show live at sightline in in the uh, sky dome at the time and we would always get players on the show and like i got to some good great players um 
Lynn was awesome. Like he invited, we went to his wedding, right? So I got to know some, yeah, I got some players pretty well. Bad reputation. One of my co-workers, he's fine now. Why don't you ask me on the show? So I went to, and uh, it was Dave Steed. Oh, wow. I basically put my hand, my hand out to shake his hand, introduce myself. Hey, I'm Chris, the Blue Jays radio network. And he looked at me and he goes, so, so being the stubborn guy I am, I said, well, um, you know, I produced Jays Talk with Bob McCowan after the, after the games and the weekends. We'd love to have you up in sight lines, you know, for the show one day. He goes, why would I go on that effing show? I'm not, I don't, like, get lost. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like a kid. In my 20s, I'm like, I'm crushed. Because, like, <laughs> I'm looking around here. Somewhere I have a Dave Steve shirt. Like, I have a Dave Steve shirt here in, in the same room he was my hero growing up right and now this guy who i have absolutely no time for anymore uh, and i'll tell the story to anyone who wants to hear it because he was an absolute jerk to me and it's just not the way to treat people brock when you make it big don't you ever treat people like that no don't worry don't worry clarky yeah (laughs) i got you buddy Uh, good guys like lots of real good solid um people as well that i met like mike timlin was one of them for sure um got him and his wife Don uh, really well um, on the hockey side. Gosh, there's just so many guys like like on the man. They're probably the biggest. A lot. There's no bigger solid or guy. Yeah, and you know. With hockey nowadays, there's two sides, and you were a scout, obviously, Clarky, so you know. Um, but there's the side that they can play hockey, and then there's the side of their personal life. And I've grew up, I, I'd say I'm pretty mature, but you know, being around the hockey rink and everything like that, you see different sides of everyone. And, you know, teams don't want to take, they'll take a really good player, but if you have a shitty attitude, it doesn't matter. If you're not for the team, if you're just all about yourself, they don't want you, right? And um, that's that's totally the way it should be in my mind. People have yeah, to, 100%. you know, be good. It's, I think, anyway. Yeah, for sure. And there's so there's so much more than hockey, right? You you make a team great, but if you don't have a great personality, interaction with the fans, kids, you know, you have to do community events, everything like that. If you just don't want to be there, then the team won't have time for you. And I yeah. personally think that I think that's uh, exactly how it should go. Well, we're seeing that a little bit with like Ryan Merkley, right? Like we were talking yeah. about that last episode, and I mean, even the guys on Spit and Checklets were talking about it. Like, you know, it. Oh, here comes the shameless plug from Ryan Jury. Here we go. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it, no, it's just you know, like it's funny how you can have all the talent in the world, but yeah, if, if you're a big dickhead to everybody, like, it, like at the end of the day, like it's not going to matter. And, and I mean, the one saving grace for a guy like him, I think, and, and we kind of touched on that was like being in San Jose with all those leaders there. I mean, guys like Brent Burns and like Logan Couture, they're not going to put up with shit like that. And like, if this kid turns up to camp, like main camp one day and is flying all over, taking four minute long shifts and, and like not picking up the back check, like those guys aren't going to stand for that shit, but I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Let's, let's talk about, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the Leafs. You guys are both big Leaf fans. 
Clarky, we've already touched on this a lot on the show that we host together, but I mean, uh, your boy, Austin Matthews, man. Do you still think he's going to be captain or, or what? Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Ryan, I said before, this should not be I said this months ago. Uh, do you got me? Yeah, yeah, we still got you, bud. Uh, like I said, month uh, like a month ago, he should not be the captain of this team, and I don't believe in young guys like that being the captain. And word came out today, Brian Burke announced it anyway, that um, yeah. it's been Jonathan Tavares all along, and he's he's been told, and he's going to be the guy. And that's, uh, you know, that's. We said it yesterday on MWO Sports. I said it should be either Morgan Riley or John Tavares, and I thought it should be John Tavares. I 100% think it should be John Tavares. He's a veteran. Guys look up to him. He's a leader. You can see when he speaks to the media how more, much more of a leader he is than Mitch Marner. or or And nothing against those guys, but they haven't been around to be a leader. And yeah. You know, like I don't believe in the young guys being being a captain of the team. Maybe I'm old school when it comes to that, but um, you know what? We talked about it yesterday with Austin Matthews. Is it? It's it's not a huge thing he did. The 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 worst part, obviously, is trying to get in the car of the woman. But um, but to go back to go away and drop your pants and grab your butt cheeks with your underwear on, like who hasn't done that in their life? Um, it's uh, exactly. yeah, like it I, it was just a juvenile silly thing. Right. Um, obviously, captain, like not captain material. Yeah, captain, like captain shouldn't do that. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. And, like, it's just one of those things where I agree. The The worst aspect of it was, you know, obviously the this woman in question felt intimidated. Um, I don't know what that's like, obviously. I, I don't think any of us do, uh, being all men here. Like, yeah, it, it, it's, not, it's not cool. It was a pretty shitty situation. And the other thing, too, is, like, I mean, not telling the team. Like, because, yeah, it's been confirmed now that it's the terrible. team found out on Tuesday. Like, on that's Twitter. fucking on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter. Like, that's even worse. Like, oh, my God. Like, I know, I know shit gets out there quickly on Twitter, but holy fuck, this happened in May. Like, you got to call Kyle Dubas and be like, listen, I'm in a – bit of a pickle here like to blindside the team like that is uh i don't know days away from the season two and what what i was gonna say is like you know austin matthews is a toronto maple leafs like so when people think of austin matthews they instantly go right to the toronto maple leafs if you were to say brandon sod did that they'd be like okay brandon sod they wouldn't think of the chicago blackhawks they would think for austin matthews austin matthews right to the toronto maple leafs and that puts a a big weight on, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs to clear the air and on everything. And, you know, Austin has kind of, he's kind of stepped up to the plate and kind of owned, owned his shit. But yet again, I think he, as soon as that happened, as soon as, exactly, as, exactly. As soon as that happened, you should have got right on the phone with Kyle Dubas and sorted it out throughout the summer and not bring it, oh, da- not bring it days right to the start of the regular season. He probably thought it would go away, and who knows? Maybe he yeah. thought money would go away, um, and it didn't, and that's that's what happens. But I gotta say, Brock, you love that microphone, don't you? I love it so much. I can I can hang on to this thing all day. <laughs> he's, Boss looks he's like such a natural, eh? Just ripping in his Led Zeppelin shirt. He looks like he's about <laughs> to go on fucking tour. 
<laughs> Fuck, I feel like with this microphone. John Bonham, unreal. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel similar. And, like, I mean, again, like, uh, my boy Koozie down in Washington, same deal. Like, I mean, he he outright fucking lied that he that did cocaine. Like, uh, you know, I think that's exponentially worse than what Austin 100%. Matthews did. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Both and, the and act I, and, the, and, the, and, and not giving it up. Well, here's what I'll say is that like let's let's not act, you know, you know, silly and, and assume that he's the only guy in the NHL snorting powder. Like I'm not saying that. But let's honest let's on let's also say I don't think that was his first time or only time. I, I can't I, I couldn't agree more. And and he's rightfully being punished for it. It was stupid what he did too. And I mean, yeah. These guys just got to be a little smarter. It's a little unfortunate, like, you know, in the sense of these these guys uh, just don't have the social freedom they used to because everybody's got a camera in their pocket and, like, you can get snapped anywhere. Like, if it, would, if it had been a situation where – because, like, people are fucking freaking out going, like, EA Sports needs to take him off the cover and fucking he should go to jail. I'm like – Holy fuck, like, you know, let's relax a little bit here. But that said, like, um, if it hadn't just been something where he was, like, drunk at a bar and was, like, intoxicated goofing off or something, sure, I wouldn't care. Like, people freak out. It's just like, dude, we all party and goof off, too. Like, why do people freak out when, like, NHL players are, like, in Cabo with their shirts off drunk? It's like, well, fucking, what were you doing at spring break last week? I just, I don't know, like, people look to athletes, I think, a little too much to, like, raise their kids for them or something. It, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think, maybe. like. I think you got it. I look up to the different athletes, and when, you know, the athlete goes down, you know, the the consequences now, you know, Austin Matthews potentially is losing the sea. I 100% agree with you. I didn't see Clarky. Uh, I really think Johnny T. Johnny T. By a thousand. By a thousand. Yeah, I, I agree. Am I? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we still got okay. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, yeah. It, it, I don't think this is going to cost Austin Matthews. If Austin Matthews was getting the C, um, I don't think it's going to cost him the C. I just think they'll delay the announcement. Yeah. Yeah. So if they don't announce someone between now and next two Wednesday, awesome. Matthews will get it one day, probably after the court case, after it blows down, that's probably when he'll get it. But <clears throat> let's be watching. You know, I think next, I, I predict next Monday or Tuesday, they'll announce that uh, John Tavares is the captain. I hope so. Anyway. So I got a question. If they do give the C to Austin Matthews, do you think – I bet you there will be reports saying, you know, the Leafs have a, you know, a blind eye for Austin Matthews and his actions because he's the young star. And then do, does the league, you know, realize, you know, they aren't disciplining? Or do, do you think any respect will come out of Leafs if they do give the C to Austin Matthews? Oh, they'll get ripped for sure. And, and, and rightly so. Like, how can you do that? How can you give the C to a guy who just got charged with what he got charged with? Like, it's such a, like, it's such an immature thing. So not captain material, right? Like, yeah. 
that's the thing. I don't like. There's no way in my mind Austin Matthews will be the captain of this team in the next two months. They will yeah. wait. If they were going to give it to him, it's not happening right away, and it shouldn't. I hope it doesn't anyway. Yeah, it's, hopefully it's, it's all relevant and it does. He they took the A away from him yesterday. Yeah, they did. They, did they, they really? Did that. Yeah. Wow. Well, and like if if you saw too the highlights, like they 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 won three nothing, I think, and he scored a really yeah. nice power play goal in that spot where I want to see him just fucking launching one timers. I love yep. that they put him over there, and yep. like the guy, he didn't even celebrate. Like he was like, like I I want to be anywhere but here right now. Yep. Which right. I, I think is positive in the sense of it, it does look like he is. He's embarrassed. Oh, yeah. He, yes. He's embarrassed and he's aware of the enormity of the situation. Again, he's not being charged with murder. Yeah. He's embarrassed. It's a silly, goofy thing. Yep. Let's all relax and, you know, yeah, no, not sure. knocking on the front door of EA Sports to yeah. rip him off the cover. Like the, the guy's got to pay the price here and and he's doing that it it looks like anyway clarky before we let you go because like fuck we could do a three-hour podcast with you you've well, like I don't, i'm not in a hurry well like like we've detailed here already like you've done so many cool things you've covered nhl drafts you've hung out with like the biggest stars in toronto sports history it's really fucking cool um i want your thoughts on this and i i know how you feel so everyone knows, like, if you watch different teams, especially, you know, my caps or you watch, you know, Rick Jenneret and Buffalo, all those guys, they've got a regional broadcast. If it's nationally broadcast, they get docking that in there. I can already see you making the face. You know exactly where I'm going with this. Why the fuck is Bonesy not the voice of the Leafs all the time? Like, I like Jim Hewson. I know you kind of don't really, but I don't mind Jim Hewson. But why is the voice of the Leafs not the fucking guy doing the games all the time? Well, it all, I think a lot of it stems from um, being on two networks. So the regional rights are divided between TSN and Sportsnet. Sportsnet has the national rights. Their regional rights are shared between TSN and Sportsnet. Uh, and they don't share talent, quite frankly. They never share talent. So there's one obstacle, right? Like, okay, well, where does don't show they up? share? Don't they share talent? Sorry to interrupt they you. Do, don't they, they share, share talent the between the Raptors? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a national broadcast. Okay. So it's a little yeah. bit different. It's a national broadcast. So yes, they do. But you'll notice they don't share. They only share Devlin, I think. They don't share. Like, Leo is only on TSN, I want to say. No, yeah, he's only on TSN. But what what about our boy Jones? Yeah. Paul Jones will. Well, Jonesy's on radio. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know their radio. But so you you're right. They, Matt Devlin is shared, but that's a national broadcast, so maybe a little bit different. Um, I don't know. It's a great question. You know what? You know what I do know. Joe loves radio. I, I know that for a fact. Joe loves doing the radio. Joe loves working with Jim Ralph. Um, yeah. it's, it's Joe's fucking amazing on the radio. Let's just get that clear. Thanks. Yeah, you're right. Um, and uh, <laughs> I just love that <laughs> microphone. Um, anyway, um, uh, yes, it, Joe's amazing. It, um, so, but it's it's a shame because you know what. I don't mind the TSN guys. It's again one of those things where just TSN just seems to do everything better. Like I don't mind Gordon Miller, Chris Cuthbert's yeah. best any, anywhere in my mind. Jim I Houston, really like yeah. Jim Houston's terrible. I'm sorry, but I don't like him. Um, yeah, fair enough. Fair uh, enough. I, I find him, and, and it's funny. I find him anti-Leaf. 
Um, people in Vancouver probably find them anti-Vancouver. People in Montreal find them probably anti-Montreal, whatever. Uh, I'm just not a fan. I'm definitely not a fan of Craig Simpson either. Um, John Bartlett, I like. Um, we hired yeah. John Bartlett at Leafs TV. John was the voice of the Marlies for the first few years the Marlies came to Toronto. Um, I think he's solid, yeah. Solid, but the problem with John is he's not on enough. He's not on the Leaf games enough. Like, when they have a Wednesday night game, they'll put a national guy on like they might put Jim Houston on the national game um I, I worked with Greg Millen for a lot of years at Leafs TV as well I could I could take him or leave him I'm not a big fan but um but no you're right like Joe should be on TV but I don't think it's ever going to happen and Joe Joe like Scott Moore and Joe never got along like I had conversations with Scott Moore about Joe and yeah he doesn't like me and all this stuff and anyway but yeah um it all happened when when uh when TSN and and or when Bell and Rogers bought the team that's when it all happened yeah and I don't, I don't know if it'll ever come back. And you know what the worst part about it is? It's so hard now to sync up a rate. Who's got a radio in their room? Like who has an actual radio? Like I listen to my, I listen to radio. Point. Don't get me wrong, I listen to radio, but mostly it's, it's either on my phone or on my smart speaker, which is delayed. So you, yeah, it's, like it could be a minute delayed, right? A smart speaker feed is, you know, delayed. So it's very hard to sync it up. We used to do it a lot before when we had radios in the house. We'd turn the radio up. And we would turn the TV down. And that's how we did it. Happened all the time. A lot of people, like especially on baseball side, everyone loved Tom Cheek and Jerry Howarth. They didn't like the baseball announcers on the TV. So they, so many people would turn the sound down um, on the TV. But I don't know. Joe's great. Joe's a great yeah, guy. Yeah, I love Joe. And his, and his son David is actually a, a goaltender for the uh, Sudbury Wolves. That's uh, right. No, I don't yeah, think he's with the correct. Wolves. They're like farm team. Like yeah, this. he's on their B yeah. team, which is like yeah. really, really cool. And uh, yeah. he played and last like, year a bit. Yeah, they had that. They had that stud Uko Pekalenin from Buffalo. Yeah, uh, that, that kid is. He's gonna be a stud. A yeah, stud. I mean, and and like speaking of like yeah, with him being with the Sabers and everything, like yeah, Clarky, yeah, I agree. It's it's unfortunate in a sense because I feel like the home fans that watch kind of like lose having that on air passion for their team. Cause Bonesy is a fucking Leafs guy through and through. Like he, I love all of his calls. Like when he, like all the iconic stuff from the Leafs teams of when I grew up, but then um, even the stuff now, like we Willie Nylander, I like that he says Mitchell Marner whenever he scored. Like it's and just happy like, days are here again. Yeah. Like, it's just like, they're great. You feel it, man. Like he loves it. Like our our guys, like Joe B and Locker in Washington. Every time Ovechkin scores, I feel like they're coming through the TV, and like you, right. like you lose that a little bit. Like in my opinion, my favorite play by play guy. I got a question for both of you relating to play by play. After this, hockey news. Hockey news put up a question today asking, "What's your favorite play by play call of all time?" And I'll tell you mine. Rick Jenneret is. The greatest play-by-play guy in sports history, in my mind. That's just my opinion. I love Rick. I think he's fucking outrageous, some of the stuff he says. Um, and I had a relative who happened to be a captain of the Buffalo Sabres for a number of years. Back in the days, if you can remember, they were actually good um, in the mid-2000s. And cousin Chris, man, Chris Drury was the captain. And there are a couple of really great 
Whenever someone scores in overtime, Rick Jenneret always says that in overtime. <laughs> and cousin Chris scored a goal uh, to tie it late against the Rangers in the playoffs one year. I think it was about 07. And then he scored the OT winner and he just lost his mind. And I'll, I always love hearing him going, Chris Drury. It's That's so awesome. good. That's and like Bones, awesome. he's got a lot of like really great calls like that too. So I'm curious. That one would be top of mind. And Bob Cole screaming out Joe Sackick. In the O2 Olympics, Geo Sackick, when like we knew Canada was gonna win, that would probably be my top of the list. Clarky, I'll ask you first. What what is maybe your favorite play by play call of all time? Doesn't even have to be hockey. It could be the Joe Carter, like whatever. Mm. Wow, Brock, it's a if tough you have one. Brock, if you have one, jump, jump in here. Okay, this is an uh, this is an infamous seconds. one. This wasn't an infamous one, so. We're going back all the way to the here in Perth Laker days, okay? And you guys know all the guys, Cade Landry, Carter Collinson, Mitch Dielstra. We were all from Gownstown, and you guys obviously know where Gownstown is, small town outside of Listowel. And we would cram in our vehicle in our parents' cars. So we would have like four guys in, P- in parents' call or in parents' vehicles. We'd all play PS4. But one night after Goddard's practice, we decided uh, we <laughs> decided to hit up Harvey's. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, crushed the burgers, and we listened to the Colorado Avalanche and Buffalo Sabres game. And this was when Ryan O'Reilly was uh, in Colorado. Right. So the Colorado, I don't know if he's there or not, but the Colorado announcer is fucking insane. And this is on radio. And so Colorado scores, and this guy, I feel like he's about to fucking jump through the goddamn radio right at us. He's insane. He's yelling. He's yelling. Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan. And this is like a fucking regular season. Fucking fifteen hundred people are listening in. That's it. And I don't even know why we had the game on. But Ryan O'Reilly scored, and he's going insane. And two seconds later, Buffalo wins a draw, goes down and scores. And his reaction was, Buffalo comes in, shoots, scores. That was it. Yeah. Just- <laughs> Watch it, shoot scores. And it went silent for like 15 seconds. And we're all laughing because he went nuts when Colorado scores. Buffalo walks in, shoot scores. Done. I know exactly who you're talking about, dude. He's the guy last year on the radio that got a ton of love because um, remember Colorado came back against Calgary and yes. uh, Nathan McKinnon scored. And he was the guy who was going blood and guts all over the ice <laughs> blood and guts like the yeah i totally know who you're talking about he yeah. is outrageous he's something yeah, clarky awesome. what awesome. do you got yeah. you've had some time to think yeah like some of the like most iconic calls um bob cole just comes to my mind right and like the biggest one again way before you guys were born but the russians came over for a series right um, in 1976, they played NHL team. Uh, Philadelphia. They, Philadelphia Flyers. And the Philadelphia Flyers hacked and, like, Bobby Clark slashed, like, Makarov or something and broke his ankle. Like, that it was, was Harlamov. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It was an unbelievable, like, rough game. Like, it was un- – like, Philadelphia was just running them out of the rink. And the Russians had never seen this before. And halfway through the game or whenever it was, they just got off the ice. And Bob Cole's like, they're going home. They're going <laughs> home. Right? Yeah. 
like you got to look that one up and listen to it because it was great, great call. Um, just like, and that's the thing. Like most of these calls, like when Joe Carter hit the home run, touch them all, Joe. Like Tom Cheek never rehearse that call tom cheek never thought oh if joe carter hits a home run here oh no, it's in the like, moment right and why he actually said touch them all is because as joe carter was rounding third base the entire team is out there and they crowded around home plate and and the umpire is trying to peer through to make sure joe carter actually touched home plate and that's why tom said Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. So that's why that happened. And that's the, amazing. Right? And Henderson scored for Canada, obviously, is a big, big call, too. Foster uh, Hewitt, right? 72. So, um, but I mean, I, you know, I sat beside Joe Bowen for years. I engineered the games with Joe um, and Bill Waters at uh, Maple Leaf Gardens from 1988 until 1992. Like four years, I was down right beside Joe for every home game. And I, I don't like, I remember a lot of calls that Joe made, but I remember some of the bad moments because it was a lot of bad moments in the 80s for the Leafs right and I'll never forget they were playing St. Louis they were playing the St. Louis Blues in the playoffs and it was an overtime and Sergio Mameso not exactly known for goal scoring took a slap shot from outside the blue line and it went right through Alan Bester's legs right and St. Louis wins the series so Joe was just so pissed off because Joe is a huge Leaf fan too right um, and he didn't say anything on the air, but what he said off the air <laughs> after he went to break was like, the best. <laughs> I can't even say it. It's so bad. But he was very upset at, at Alan Bester at that time. Hey, Brock, who hasn't let a goal in from outside the blue line once in their life, right? Uh, oh, hey, I let one in every fucking year. <laughs> exactly. So uh, anyway, it, it is what it is. Things like, and here's yeah. another story with Joe Bowen. So Bill Waters was the uh, color commentator back then. Bill, Bill was a player agent uh, right. as well. Um, and then he got into the color commentating and he, he actually owned a private box at Maple Leaf Gardens. And he had a bartender in the box um, that would work his box all the time. And whenever Joe would say, he called him Wilbur. So he would go, Wilbur, it's time for the out-of-town scoreboard. That was a cue, not for the out-of-town scoreboard, but that was a cue to the bartender in his private box to bring them a rum and coke. And that Amazing. Happened. That was a little inside, insider information there where if he would say, hey, it's time for the out-of-town scoreboard. And then like two minutes later, here comes Jimmy, his bartender. Down right. With, uh, I love it. With a rum and coke. So I like, fucking love that. Neat stories like that. Like I sat beside, do you remember Ron Caron? Like he was a whack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so basically at Maple Leaf Gardens, it was tight quarters up there in the press box, right? It was really tight. So we had room for three seats in our booth. So it was Bill Waters, Joe Bowen, Chris Clark. I was right there. Um, next to me, just on the other side of a little partition, was the general manager of the opposing team. Well, Ron Caron was a lunatic. He was the general yeah. St. Louis Blues, and he was he was wacko. He actually picked up a chair and threw it down the pressed row, narrowly missing people's heads once. And like it would just be constant pounding, right? Like he would be pounding on the desk the whole game and yelling. Um, another job. Jesus Christ! Was the uh, organist. Okay. We're dropping Clarkie again. Yeah. 
He just can't. His internet can't handle it. Oh, can boy. you hear me? Hello? Okay, now can now he's coming. Me? He's coming back. He's Your internet back. is Mickey Mouse level, bud. This is <laughs> oh man. He's freezing again. I feel like he's moving his computer uh, around too much. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yelling at his wife, "Turn the fucking Wi-Fi on." <laughs> Get off YouTube. Honestly. Yeah, get off YouTube. Oh, that's so funny. Poor Clarky. Are we yeah. gonna get him back? Are we gonna get him back here? I f- I feel like uh, I feel like. Oh, oh okay. He's, he's sort he's out. sort of he's coming back. Out. He's he's sort of coming back. I can't quite tell. All right. I feel like he's fro. I feel like he's frozen. We're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna remove him, and we're gonna get Clarky back on here. Fresh connection. Let's let's go. Let's uh let's get another one here. Let's see what he does. Let's see what he does. Let let's see if we can add him back in and we'll get him we'll get him back on cuz he's been jumping a little bit in and out here and yeah. we'll see we'll see if we can't get him back. A little more Some of the stories he's telling though. Holy shit, it's fucking good. So good. Okay, yeah, I'm, do we have do we have you back? All right, well, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, there you That's were you hard. were fr- you were right frozen, bud. Okay, so where did I get to? So you were Ron Caron threw a chair at a guy's head. Okay. So, <laughs> great start. So, okay. So he threw a chair, um, narrowly missing some guys in the press box. I was going to say after that, a job that you probably didn't even know I had, Ryan. Uh, and it wasn't even a job. It was a volunteer position, but I just did it because I love to go down to Maple Leaf Gardens was I was the organist, Jimmy Holmstrom, who's still the organist to this day. And this was back in the late eighties and we should get Jimmy on our show. Yeah, and oh, I can get Jimmy. Great. No problem. Um, but he asked me to come in and be a spotter for him. So I would literally sit beside Jimmy Holmstrom and, you know, say goal or there's a guy injured or whatever. So he would hit the goal horn or whatever. Like I was helping him spot the game. Um, the interesting part about that was we were situated right beside the NHL um, officials, off ice officials. Okay, uh, and okay. that's actually, that could be one way I got to know Brian Lewis as well as I did. Um, so the off-ice officials were sitting in the booth. And remember, this is before video replay, right? But they always had off-ice officials at that game. Um, who was the former uh, – I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, the Vegas GM now. Oh, um, Kelly, Kelly oh, fuck. Or, or no, 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 before. Sorry, the first no, one. No, no, George no. McPhee. George McPhee. So George, George McPhee, McPhee yes. He was an assistant GM, I want to say, with Vancouver. Yes. He, yeah. he went nuts one day at Maple Leaf Gardens and was pounding on the door. I thought he was going to break the door down because the officials had a door that no one could go in their booth. It wasn't allowed to go in there. But he was pounding on the door like five feet away from me, right? So that like things like that were neat. Like just you know, now they pay someone to to spot for Jimmy. I started it as a volunteer, but um, so little, little neat things like that where I would just Jimmy would say, "Do you want to come and do this all the time?" I'm like, I get to come to a game and watch my favorite team play, and actually where I sat, I got to cheer because I was not really in the press box. I was Jimmy's right. guy. It was awesome. I would go to the games just to just sign to me up. Right. So it was good. Oh. That's yeah. so fucking cool, dude, man. Like, like I said earlier, like we could probably have you on here for three hours and just tell stories like, and we're going to have to have you on the pod again, especially for leaf takes, because holy shit, like sometimes I get a little overboard with the caps. You can, you can bring the angry leaf takes. And if, if they start the season, like two, eight and one, you're coming they, back on the show. They won't. They won't do it. Well, I can tell you this. Phil Kessel will score more than 15 goals this year. So, Rock, what do you think about that? 
I think it's a year. Why not? It's what? Well, no, no, I mean, it's about three the year. I mean, about oh Castle. no, we're talking about Castle. We have a bet here, Clarky. Clarky oh, set Kessel. the over. He Clarky set the over under on Kessel's goals this year because he's in the desert now and has to play with Derek Stepan at 15 goals. And I said he obliterates that. I said he gets 27. Clarky thinks he gets 15 or less. What is yeah. your opinion? 30 and over. That guy is going to light it the fuck up. He's you in think, the desert. First of, all, you think, gonna, first of all, you think he's going to stay healthy. Secondly, the hot dogs are made with a little more. He's, man. he's the man fun. there. He's the yeah, man. He can always do healthy. He's getting older now. Things happen when you get older, Ryan. And the hot dogs down there, the hot dogs down there are made of bigger meat, and he's gonna put the pounds on. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, he can put it on, and he could probably fucking show someone his ass too. But he's still gonna score thirty plus goals, buddy. <laughs> he is. He is. He is the man there. He is the man there. He's gonna get fed so many pucks. He's gonna be on every power play for two minutes straight, and he's gonna score. Easy thirty gold. I'm, fuck, I might take him first round of my fantasy draft. Now I'm just talking about you it. You guys like my 108 uh, inch screen there behind me? I uh, do. Yeah. I see, see, I see you got the pack on watch, there. I've been watching. Yeah, I've been watching the game. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I saw Aaron Rodgers celebrating, yeah. and I was just like, fucking a the pack. I love it. That's so funny. We got to come over sometime and uh, break into that screen. That's amazing, man. Um, dude, I appreciate you coming on the show. I mean, I see you at work all the time. I mean, it, it, it's it's great that you could be the first guest. You were the first guy I thought of because, I mean, like, you've been there. You've done it all. You, you've hung out with so many cool people, worked for so many cool people, and uh, it, it's been great to have you on the show. First ever guest, Clarky. Who else? I can't believe that. I, I really can't believe I'm the first ever guest. I'm honored, and I am. When you guys make it big, you when might you not guys, be the best guest, but you're the first guest. When you guys are like spitting <laughs> juicy fruits or whatever you want to call it, instead of spitting chiclets, you'll spit in juicy fruits. Like just remember me and, and bring me on, right? You'll be our producer, buddy. We'll be living it up in the U.S. of A. or something. We'll have your pink buyers, you know the uh, the the vodka or whatever and everything. Yeah, yeah. pink Whitney. I'll tell you what. Yeah. That that'll be the those things like love. shit. By the way. Uh, do they have you had them because i i want one and when they come out in canada we'll we'll all go to clarkie's and break into a bottle sure all right man hey i appreciate you doing this buddy i i'll see you at the office okay hey when are we doing the when when are you gonna give me a lesson you're in bc now <laughs> I, know, fuck, I know we'll do it when we're home hey if whenever when, you can man fuck. when are you home I come home for a Christmas break for 10 days and then uh, whenever our season ends. I yeah. love it. That's what we're doing. We're going to go we're going to go to the Pinnacle Fieldhouse and we're going to film you giving uh Clarky some lessons. Done. We'll <laughs> get the views. I'll get the views. I'll get the views. <laughs> well, his, his coach, Ryan, you know this, his coach, right? Steve McKeekin, who was the Leaf coach, gave me a lesson once. I yes. learned a lot, but he also yeah me he absolutely killed me i didn't think i would ever breathe again anyway there you have it we'll we'll see if rock can put you uh okay boys all right buddy thanks, thanks for doing so this, much man. jake Clark. okay have fun with that mic later eh <laughs> <laughs> incredible get him off kick him off rock. kick him off bye clarky see ya <laughs> Oh, that's so funny, man. He's just joshing about that microphone. Fucking A.
Yeah. Oh, man, Clarky, what a legend, um, man. So, yeah, he's good. Amazing story. So I got a quick question for you before wrapping up. Um, two questions. How do you think the Canadian team's Canadian market's going to do throughout this NHL uh, season this year? I mean, you know, when it pass, be a fucking ship chill, I think. I think they're they're not going to do as well as, you know, they hoped. Calgary, you know, they're always in it. They're always not, you know, and then uh, Montreal. I don't know about Montreal. You know, the world, they got – it all depends on carry price, honest. Yeah, I agree. I I think um, – I think I would probably bank on, on three teams getting in for sure. Um Toronto, Calgary. I think Winnipeg will will get in despite the Central being like really really tough. Montreal is that team where I just like they're so hard to read. Like when Shea Weber came back, they were unreal. Like they would have made the playoffs probably if he was healthy the whole year. So like if he can yep. stay healthy, but then like I'm worried about Drewan. Like he's sagging his shoulders a lot. He's not having a good preseason. Which I mean I know doesn't count to much but still he's not playing well i don't know it's hard to say i think a max of four because i just can't see edmonton getting in unless like mcdavid has 200 points like i i just can't see edmonton getting in um but for sure toronto calgary and and winnipeg i think are there montreal will be like a floater team it'll be I, yeah I don't know, it'll be a battle I think I think personally I, I would probably choose Montreal over Winnipeg just with everything going on in Winnipeg right now. Really? I mean Oh yeah, well Montreal, like they got some young studs. Like they got some young studs. That's and, the thing. They're hanging on young players. Yes, and Winnipeg is dealing with young players right now in Kyle Connor and, and Patrick Line. I mean, he doesn't even want to be there. Um, and now you got Dustin Bufflin considering retirement, right? So um, I would, tough. I would, yeah, it is tough. It's a tough time in Winnipeg. Um, switching, not really switching, but now that line A, you know, and Connor. Fuck, that's tough, man. You have to pay those guys big bucks, and they're on the same team. Fuck, that must be tough. Um, but now you see the domino effect kind of in the RFAs. Do you think uh, you think they'll those two will sign eventually soon? And yeah, Renton, you gotta think about Randon. That guy, that guy deserves nine plus. Uh, personally, that guy is you know a, a, a deal breaker. Yeah, I think I think Connor will get done in the next couple days. Here, there's not that many left. It's the three of them. I think Rantanen will get done before the opener, and I think he's probably gonna. If it's a bridge deal on a two or three year deal, I think he ends up somewhere around the low eight region with a high qualifying offer in the third year. If it's a long-term deal, I can see him getting nine, five, maybe just shy of 10. If it's a long-term yeah. deal for Rantanen Connor, I think is going to get a two or three year bridge deal at probably six or seven. And line a, I, I just don't know. He's so hard to read. He probably gets offered something similar because as many goals as he scores, he completely fucked off in the last half of the season. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, he, he is one of the most talented goal scorers, but there's nothing else to his game right now. Literally nothing no. else. So I don't really know what you pay that guy. Um, I could see him getting a two or three year bridge deal at, at six, six five maybe but yeah winnipeg's got a weird uh a weird one on their hands that's for sure yeah and you know i've heard a lot of rumors about you know line a and 
Montreal Canadiens, because they Montreal offered Aho. Was it Aho? Yeah, they gave him an offer sheet. Yeah, yeah, they gave him an offer sheet. And I've heard a couple of rumors, you know, throughout this week about Montreal kind of going after Patrick Line as well. I mean, why not? Right? You don't really have that. Well, you got Domi, and you know that they got. I personally, I think you know Tatar's better player than Max Pacioretty right now, but you don't have that that superstar. And I'm not saying you know Patrick Line is a superstar, but he can be. Well, he's right he's, there. He he scored. He scored three 30-plus goal seasons now, right? So he can be that stud, right? So Yeah, no, oh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I agree, and, and you know, I've heard those rumors too. I, I, I guess at this point, so close to the season, it would be a little more surprising. But, I mean, hey, stranger things have happened. I don't know. It's a fucked-up situation out there in Winnipeg. It's tough. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Well, I, you know, to wrap up, I, I thought, you know, it was, it was cool to get a guest on like pretty, you know, early on in the show's run. Clarky's, you know, an interesting guy. And like, we didn't even get into 10% of the stories he's told me. Like, yeah, we uh, definitely have to get him back shit. on. Oh man. Yeah, he, definitely have to get him on. We didn't, we didn't manage to get into the stories of like him going to the draft. Cause Leafs TV would go to the draft every year, obviously. Right. And uh, there were a couple different yeah. cities that they got to go to where, like, just some goofy fucking shit went down. And, uh, yeah, he he's a storyteller, man. And uh, I apologize sometimes for his audio dropping in and out. He's in the middle of nowhere with suspect internet. But overall, though, I thought his stories were great. And we'll definitely have him on the pod again. Of course. Yeah, of course. We have to get him midway through leaf season. Break that down. A thousand percent, man. All right, well, I guess you got to fucking rest up. You got you, – how many games you got this week? You got a couple, a couple games, games this weekend. Yeah, where, we got – Where are you going? Yeah, four and seven. We got uh, home with Penn. We got Jay O'Brien. Uh, home and home with Jay O'Brien this weekend. And then um, we got Sam and Arm again. So, yeah. Fucking A, bud. All right. Well, best of luck. I know the seasons, yeah. you guys have a really young team out there at West Kelowna, and the season's been a little up and down so far. You'll maybe be happy to know, though, that your former team, the Listowel Cyclones, are currently in first place in the fucking Midwest. Yeah, well, fuck. We built that dynasty. We fucking built it. <laughs> you, you were a big part yeah. of it. I got one yeah. funny thing that came to mind. Um, today on my ride home, I was thinking about, uh, the show obviously and what, what all we were going to talk about with Clarky. And one of the funniest memories I have of you in that cherry cup run was when you guys, uh, it, it was in, after you had won the cherry cup, you were playing in the Sutherland cup playoffs and we were in London. I think it was game three, maybe. And, uh, you guys actually won that game. You lost the series in six, but you guys were so fucking banged up. Um, and I remember it was like the second period and London's bench had like a little um, like area where I could stand in next to it and be on ice level uh, and interview guys as they were coming off. And uh, I remember all the guys were coming off and I was trying to pull somebody out of the crowd and they were all kind of bunching up and you were so fucking like focused all the time on the ice. You were just trying to get by everybody and you screamed at Holden Lansing to get out of your way. And it was so fucking funny. The whole team yeah. burst out laughing and you just went storming by. We were all standing there like trying to get an interview. And you were like, fucking move. It was so <laughs> funny. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you have to flip a switch. 
breakfast when uh, it's game time. Absolutely, man. By the way, I, I was chatting with your old coach, Jason Brooks, at the rink the other night. I'm going to see him tomorrow, and he told me to say hi, and he hopes you're doing well. Well, thank you, Brooks. You know, hope you see it. I see that guy all the time. Yeah, he's a good guy. We'll see it. We'll see. I'll see him when I'm home for Christmas. A million percent, buddy. Well, thanks for doing this, man. Another episode of yeah. the day. Fucking A. You, you bet. You have to listen to everybody and uh, catch us next week. That's right. You can find us. We are now officially live on Apple Podcast. We're on Google Play. We're on CastBox. You can find us on Twitter at DoubleMinerPod. We're on Instagram at DoubleMiner with two R's at the end. And we got a Facebook page as well. We hope you're enjoying the show and there will be more great shit to come here on Double Miner Podcast.